0: I'm okay. um, awesome thank you lovely to have you with us once again bright is portfolio manager and analyst at Vestec asset management now bright quite a lot happening in the business front but perhaps let's start with a sasol um, huge losses in its year end to June
1: yeah so this is uh, you know a trading update that they came up with this morning um, basically well received by the markets i notwithstanding the fact that, um, uh, you know, there was around 112 billion rand that was written down, um, you know, in in that business. Um, The reason why I say it was well received, because I think the bad news weren't as bad as expected this time around, so that's the kind of the story that we're going to go with, um, because the market was expecting worse than what the the, the company gave in terms of, you know, the package of performance that they expect. Um, for, for, for the period of operating, but the big Achilles heel is still that you know those US operations, which is the Lake Charles project, which has, you know had massive cost overruns. Um, you know it shows basically you know the the, the inability of um, humans to focus anything. I mean. We were promised an IRR of double digits uh, from that late-child project. Today, you know, it will be a blessing if they go even or even if they're able to sell it, right? Um, at a profit, there will be, you know, um, something that's almost impossible at this point. But um, the biggest, like I said, write-down came from the energy portfolio, around $12.5 uh The base chemicals, which is serving 1.3 billion, which includes large uh, child project in the mechanical division at 27.7 billion. But you know, I, I find it quite surprising and quite confusing that a company like Sarsa would say um, something like, you know, the national lockdown or COVID-19 and up their operation, etc., etc. When the company was already spiraling out of control two years prior to where we are today. And um, it's a you know, it's a big monster lumbering with you know, debt in its balance sheet. Um, The share price has gone from 600 bucks to around 138 rand. It's not pretty, to say the least.
0: Now, now Bright, you did mention that this was well-received because worse news were expected. But the fact that these write-downs of 112 billion rand exceeds Sassol's market capitalization, what influence does this have? What impact does this have?
1: Look, all it means for um shareholder at this point is that they must be prepared for volatility. They must be prepared for heartbreak, and they must get their you know pockets ready for um, a right issue that could you know very imminent essentially essentially uh, from this business because the debt you know is not going to pay itself down. Um, interest rates are in the long term or in the medium term are going to start climbing because we're at all-time lows today. And one of the things that the business side is being the problem, you know, energy prices being low, most importantly, so something like that, so it's, you know, the price of oil uh, being down, uh, you know, being affected, you know, 18% in terms of the rand per dollar, sorry, the rent per barrel price of the Brent crude, you know, that they, you know, um, sell it, 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 it doesn't look good for them so you know the fact that they had to sell their countries to pay down this, that part of the debt is you know part of the problem where you know you, you want to be paying these the big debts and you know operational cash flows but again the environment in the operating environment occurring in doesn't allow for such a thing to be possible, right? So uh, the management is pulling you know, all the 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 strings here and they're doing what they can uh, with what is essentially a
0: all right, bright we're going to continue with uh, more of the day's business stories in just a moment. Still coming up we'll look at the manufacturing numbers as well as the 200 billion rand scheme uh, that has been put in place to help businesses that have been hit uh, by lockdown. That and a whole lot more in just a moment. It is exactly 7:51. Welcome to MetroFM Talk. If you've just joined us, I'm Tamingu Beni, sitting in for Ayabongakawe tonight. It is exactly 7.52. We are in conversation with the portfolio manager and analyst at Vestec Asset Management, Bright Kumalo. Bright, we were talking about Sassol and their performance and the losses uh, that they've, they've suffered year-end June. But before we move on to our other stories, we are expecting Sassol's results on August the 17th. Uh, what should we be looking
1: forward to? And look, well, we want to see, you know, how much of that debt paid down. I think that's the biggest elephant in the room. Um, everything else will be a bonus, right? Cause, but we just want to see where the, that number, you know, is sitting.
0: And uh, one other thing is you, you mentioned earlier on that the losses have been attributed to COVID-19, but also pointed out that even before COVID-19, Cecil had actually been on a bit of a downward trajectory. Looking at the company holistically, uh what would you say are the factors that have been attributing to this?
1: Um, I, you know, Cecil has been taking the train essentially since, you know, those cost overruns um in, in the Lake Child project, uh where they've spent billions of rand, you know, trying to get that off the ground. But there seems to have been um a lot of You know, accounting that went supernova that (laughs) side, and and obviously that has cost the 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 business quite a lot um, in in terms of you know getting you know the the projects off the ground. But that that has been the biggest Achilles heel, so much so that um, they have had to sell the account to recently, as we've seen um, you know um, recently, which is now where the business finds itself. So I think that would be the biggest, um, you know, what i would attribute where, you know, most of the value is being lost here, for cetera.
0: And and moving on now.
1: I mean, the value that's been lost uh, in terms of billions, I mean, we're talking about 112 billion just for this time around. Um, That's, you know, destroying value like an industrial shredder. There's no better way of putting it. This is a lot of money that's been lost in the process.
0: Mm. I'd like us to chat now and look at the, the factory output. Uh, it's fallen once again in, in June. Your comments on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. so the, the June numbers are looking great. Uh, like you said, they by 16.3%. Um, this, you know, again, the national lockdown has been a problem and maybe COVID-19 also added to the rules. But if you remember correctly, um, manufacturers in South Africa have been complaining quite a lot by, you know, uh the big electricity problem that we've been having for the past six years, maybe even eight years. The fact that they can't largely you know, depend on uh ESCOM to provide the electricity needed both for manufacturers and miners has been a biggest uh, you know, own goal that South Africa has done to itself because we we can't be a competitive Country in any industry, if we can't promise something as simple as sustainable, reliable, uh, you know, energy, uh, you know, from the energy producer, the biggest of energy producer in Africa. So that's, that's been the biggest on goal there. And again, like you say, it's, it's trickling down to the economy and it's affecting, you know, the man on the streets, you know, on a granular level.
0: And and which sectors and divisions have suffered the most?
1: Sorry, say that again.
0: Which sectors or divisions have suffered the most?
1: Which divisions and sectors? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. If, if I can, you know, say, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is some of the, the businesses that come to mind. Uh, last week we saw, we saw the CEO of, um, uh, you know, the packaging businesses in South Africa, the, the, the bottlers in South Africa. Those are some of the, you know, uh, medium to big uh, manufacturers into Africa. And obviously we have fast moving consumer goods businesses um, like um, Tiger Brands, it's got Nestle, it's got... Um, you know, all of those businesses that make you you know, branded products. Um, it, 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 the factory output is being affected by, you know, the, this unreliable, um, you know, electricity generation. Obviously, national lockdown for some of these FMCG businesses um, has somewhat been a thing because people are buying in bulk now and staying home for longer. But they can't meet this demand, you know, this big surge in demand for consumer goods uh, in these retail businesses uh, because, you know, electricity has been so unreliable. Again, this is where there's an opportunity that could be fulfilled, uh, but it's not. Other businesses that have been, you know, affected quite a lot um, by the national lockdown. I guess not necessarily on the the manufacturing front has been. Those businesses that are planned to invest over eight billion rand this year, which is you know the, 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 some of those national bottlers that we have here, um, that used to bottle, for example, for uh, SAB products that you know you know uh, that uh, liquor, for example, is banned, uh, so you can't really provide a service or uh, you know good to a business that's practically on shutdown mode and has been on shutdown mode for the, for, for the past five months uh, because people lose jobs, then, you know, it it spirals out of control again. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy on on the wrong side of the, the, you know, (laughs) the the, the circle here, the the, the side you don't want to to see because a lot of people lose jobs in the process. And I think our political leaders don't seem to understand just basic, you know, um, economics that these small businesses, medium businesses, and these big businesses, you know, um, employ great winners. Um, and, and these bad winners, in, 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 in turn, then you know the those salaries or those wages back into the economy, and that's how the economy uh, you know becomes this machine, you know, that, that just grinding along. That's how it works. But if you cut one side of the cog, basically the whole machine stops.
0: And now, before we move on uh, to to our next uh, business story tonight, like the manufacturing output, it fell by 16.3 percent in June. Right, but the increase was larger than any other month between uh, January of 2015 and, and and December of 2019. But it was still lower than April and May this year, uh, and, and that's basically when lockdown started at the end of March, April, May. Those were uh, the, the the early first three months, pretty much of lockdown. What does what does this say?
1: Look, it, it's it's probably saying that. Um we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel but as soon as well the thing is the problem is we still haven't fixed the underlying big issues like electricity generation reliable electricity generation so um you know so for for for, for steel producers um we start to move into with goods, food and beer packaging yes those are the guys that have suffered the most, uh, for obvious reasons that I've stated. But th- those are the guys that, again, if you know this lockdown is lifted, that tend to benefit the most. Well, hoping you know that the, 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 the electricity gener- generation is not tempered. Now,
0: now, bright. When the president announced that there was going to be an amount of 200 billion rand that was going to be put aside to help businesses that were suffering and that had been affected negatively by the lockdown, there was um, a bit of jubilation and relief from many of those businesses. But now, you know, more than three months after its initial launch, only 13.26 billion rand or about 6.6% of that 200 billion rand has actually been paid out
1: yeah 6.6 percent or thirty point two six billion sounds like a small amount of money in relation to the total amount right i agree with you um but the big issues when it comes to these relief programs is um having the correct rails set up prior to the actual disaster here being you know uh coming from the military being COVID 19 so it's not like something we're really good at doing because you have the rails already for you know the process to you know be defined smoothly on. if I have a small business uh, that you know employs ninety people um what is the process I take into getting um support from this 200 billion scheme or aid or loan whatever whichever one right? I, I, a lot of people, a lot of business people still don't know how to go about doing these things, and that's you know goes back to the question of you know uh, business education. It's educating uh, you know entrepreneurs on how to go about doing these things. We don't see any ads on TV. We don't know. Uh, we don't see any ads on 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 the paper, radio, whatever, on how to go about doing these things. Some people don't even know which number to call. So it's um, there's a lot of you know teaching problems here, but. Um also, um, maybe the, one of the big reasons I should mention, uh, of, of course, knowing that we are South Africa at the end of the day, is, you know, people use these schemes and they abuse them, right? And it ends up being super clubby and the people that go to work getting these money end up getting them, uh, as these aids. Because if it's an aid, you know, it's a, it's a grant, right? You just get it and you never expect it to pay back. So there's a lot that could go wrong um, in 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 the money the way the money is being handled and whether the money is going to the right people that actually need it the most, which is small and medium businesses here. Um, you might find that it's you know in the worst case scenario go to family and friends, which is not what we want to see. We want to see it you know go where it's going to alleviate a lot of pain. And again, where you know um, industries that are the most affected you know we're talking about uh industries such as you know the travel or anything that has to do with travel leisure and entertainment uh where basically they they they've come to a standstill and then you know these people um you know higher more than 30 percent of our um uh current workforce here in south africa
0: and how then can this be turned around? How can this 200 billion rand loan guarantee scheme actually become accessible uh, to South African businesses?
1: Very simple, through education.
0: It's a bit late now in the sense that we're right in the middle of the pandemic. and It's never,
1: it's never too late to tell someone how to get something.
0: But is it too late, though, is it not too late, though, to get all the necessary documentation? Because my assumption is that what they need are historical documents that if you haven't really been diligent in, in keeping those type of records and those forecasts, that you are not going to be able to participate
1: oh, in those Oh, so I see what you mean. So we shouldn't make the, the red tape be too dense, right? We need some sort of proof, but it shouldn't be too dense to an extent where you know i see the list of you know the FICA esque documents wanted they're are one million and one because if i'm an entrepreneur also i'll give up another weight and start a new business when things are better because i can't I, you know i can't sometimes we leave ourselves imposed rules again and that's not what we want we want it to be actually easily accessible so i think yes on the one front is education on the other front is to make sure that we have good compliance uh, but Not so much that you know we look like the FBI, for example, just to get a a, you know a grant from the students or um, a loan from my business.
0: Now, I'd I'd like us for a last story today to look at TikTok. Uh, Certainly, they came onto the scene and and took the world by storm. But they're in a bit of a trouble with the with the the French uh, privacy watchdog.
1: Look, I, mean, I think the biggest mistake for me was to say that I, 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 I played TikTok and obviously posting a couple of videos, I'm sure, because I keep getting up about TikTok the whole time now. Um, so obviously, no, I think that the biggest issue for, for not just France alone, um, I think Europe as a whole, um, you know, it's, it's the issue of um, the, the privacy of you know, is it true that ByteDance is keeping private um, private information about the users of TikTok and sending it to, you know, the emperor down in China? Um, we don't know how true this is, and obviously there are ways to look into it to find out that um, users' data is protected and is encrypted in, you know, um, apps. I'm not quite sure if they're going to react as irrationally as, you know, the, the, the United States President Donald Trump. Um, I don't think this is where it's going, but I think here it's more, um, a, a, an issue of compliance. And if you're not compliant, you're going to get a fine, uh, and, and get a time, you know, extension of how long they give you. Uh, before you need to be compliant, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think they're trying to pull a Trump here and force them to sell a local you know, the European or the French business to a local business. I don't think that that's how they work. I don't think that's what's happening you know, what's happening is just, you know, to, to, to be a little bit more strict on the privacy front. Because we've seen a lot of these uh, leaks, the most recent one being, you know, the Twitter leak where uh, a lot of celebrities, you know, tweeting about, you know, uh, Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera, where uh, yeah, they weren't actually the ones doing that, but, you know, it was malware and someone had hacked into the system and and, and, and tweeted on their behalf. So this is kind of like that to ensure that the correct uh, controls are in place, to ensure that users' privacy or users' data is protected.
0: And how has TikTok reacted to this heat
1: um oh, TikTok right now. Um, I think the, the the person that has their work cut out for is, you know, the CEO of ByteDance and the actual CEO, the new guy at TikTok who <laughs> we thought it was going to have a good time. Uh, they're working very hard for their money right now because they, they, all of these files have to be put, you know, all these regulators need to be, you know assured that TikTok is not that there's no any foul play here by TikTok. Uh, there are no ties between TikTok um, and 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 the East Asian country or the emperor, and um, that everybody's data is safe.
0: Well, thank you so it's much. It
1: would be a hard to sell to anyone, to be quite honest. And why so? It's uh, we know that you know China basically, you know it, it, it's not a democracy, um, and what the government says goes. So. Um, they might say one thing and if the government does need uh, to look into the business and they want the data, they can easily access it and we might never even hear about it. So that's the scarier part even. You know, that's the worst part. So that's, that's why it's such a hard story to, to, to sell. Mm.
0: Well, we'll leave it at that for tonight. Bright, thank you so much uh, for our business wrap this evening. Uh, Looking forward to chatting to you. you. Yeah, lovely chatting to you too. Looking forward uh, to that happening the next time I come and visit Amakela. Thank you so much, Bright.